Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Come lift up your hands, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to let you finally take your seats. Heavenly Father, you are so good and we are so grateful for all that you've done in our lives. You've been so good to us. We feel so honoured and so privileged to be able to stand here in your presence. The very fact that we get to have you in our lives is incredible. The creator of the universe wanting to live with us and walk with us and talk with us. God, we're so thankful. And today we ask that you help us to grow in our faith because we did not just set this side of time to be entertained, although we will be entertained. We did not set this time aside just to have fun, although we will have fun. But God, our primary purpose for standing in this room today is that we would grow closer to you as we hear your word. So we ask you to help us to better understand your heart for us as we Dive into prayer again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Could somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. High five three people. Tell them to buckle up, sit down. We're going to get going now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, everybody. So last week, right? Last week, we talked about how we can and should always pray for healing. Who was here last week? Give me a wave. Yeah, yell at me if you were here last week. Awesome. Last week we talked about how believers and people of faith should never hear about someone being sick and then walk away, right? But that we should always stop and pray for people to be healed because our God is Jehovah Rapha, right? R-A-P-H-A, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. God is our healer, amen? Hands up if you had a chance to pray for somebody last week. Give me a wave if you had a chance to stop and pray for somebody. Fantastic. Good on you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you don't just hear a sermon, but you live a sermon on Monday to Sunday, all right? So God bless you. I'm glad to see people getting out there and living their faith. This week, though, I'm going to talk about Jehovah Jireh. See, Jehovah Rapha is how God introduces himself as the healer. Jehovah Jireh is how God introduces himself as our provider, right? You remember last week I sang a song for you, right? About a healer, you know. Peter and John went to pray. He met a layman on the way. He hand out a, what did he, he held out his arms and he asked, no, he held out his palms and he asked for arms and this is what it is. I messed it up. Whatever. Does anyone else think it sounds like the song from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, as they're crossing the river, you know? There was a rich man from Nottingham who tried to cross the river. Anyway, all right. Today is called Jehovah Jireh. And because I was a good church kid, I've got a song for every faith statement that you can make that I learned in kids' church. Does anyone know the one for Jehovah Jireh? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Anyone else? Uh, y'all, I, I, I reckon that, I know they all sound the same. Um, ever, someone told me I always sound like a country song being sung by a murdered cat and um, that that's how I sing. But anyway, that was nice. Uh, I reckon y'all do know these songs, but you're ashamed to admit it. But I want you to know there is therefore now no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. So anyway, so when God introduces himself as Jehovah Jireh, he's literally saying, I am God who provides for you. That's what it means. See, remember whenever he says, I am, he's saying, I am, right? Not I used to be, not I could be, not I might be, not I should be, but I 
am, right? He's not the God who used to provide. He's not the God who simply can provide. He's not the God who maybe will provide. He is the God who provides. He is provision. It's who He is. It's what He does. Amen. He's not the the God who only provides for those who never sin, because we'd all be jacked up if He was the God who only provides for those who never sin, right? No, no, He's not the God who only provides for those in Israel. No, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, amen? He provides, He provided, and He will continue to provide because He is provision. Our God is provision. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provision. Amen. He's always been the provider. From your very first breath, from the moment you were conceived, the sustenance that your body received from from your first meal, the first healing that you experienced after you cut yourself on a branch in the wood and it began to heal itself because God is Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and He designed your DNA with Rapha in it and it begins to heal itself when you get broken. Come on. He was there. He, he was there, your first covering. The first time you sinned and you needed a covering of your shame, your first paycheck, your first spontaneous blessing, and every breath since, every spit of sustenance since, every meal you had since, every healing you've experienced since, every bit of covering that you've had since, every paycheck and every blessing that you've ever experienced. Come on. He was Jehovah Jireh in the beginning, and He's Jehovah Jireh today. Amen. God created the heavens and the earth. And He breathed life into you. And after the fall, He covered us to protect us from our shame. He was our provider then. And after the flood, the greatest disaster to ever fall on the earth, and after all the sin and all the pain that we caused God, He provided for Noah and his sons. And He said again to them, He said it before, and He said it again, Be fruitful, increase, Fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on every beast on the earth, every bird in the sky, and every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. Everything. Listen to me. Anytime you've ever had a need met in your life, God was there. Because He is provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. God was there. Any need that you've ever had met, God was there. Amen. Scripture actually says that verbatim that every good and perfect thing comes from the Father of heavenly lights. Come on, every time. Did anyone have a steak last night? Wave at me if you had a steak last night. God gave you that steak. Anyone ever had a stake in your life? Give me a wave. Those of you who didn't lift your hand, how do you live? I don't know. God gave you that stake. People shouldn't eat meat. Not according to this. God gave you that. You're allowed to be a vegetarian, but I ain't going to be one. Hello. Come on. I am going to live in the provision of the Lord. Amen. Come on. Every time you put clothes on so you wouldn't get arrested running down the street, God gave you those clothes. Every time you flicked that heat on and the heat came on, God gave you that heat. Every time a man or a woman sat by a fire, God provided. Every time you sat by the lake, enjoyed the flowers and the view, 
God provided you rest. Amen. And God will provide you everything that you need and many of the things that you want until your time is up and you get to experience eternity forever. Because God is Jehovah Jireh. Do you believe that, church? Come on, do you read your Bibles, church? Because if you read your Bibles, you know that your God is the one who has provided, is providing, will provide, and will never stop providing for His children. He's a good, good Father. Amen. It's my hope, it's my hope that by the end of this service, I needed it closed, OCD, you know. It's my hope that by the end of this service, that any time you think to yourself that you need provision, that you remember that you need the Lord. It's my hope that by the end of this service, that as you walk through this week, that any time you realize there's a lack in your life, that your brain just goes provider, provider, provider. I want you to hear the words that God is your provider so many times that you just cannot forget it even if you try. Amen. Because your God is your provider. He is provision. He's a good, good father. And the role of a good father we talked about at men's group is to protect, to preside, and to provide. And your heavenly father is a good father and he provides for all of his children and he won't stop providing for you. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know how, mad, how, how bad you messed it up. I don't know how bad things got around you, but your God will not stop providing. Amen. Can someone give the Lord a few seconds of praise? Come on. He's a good father. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. For those of you who don't know what I've been saying this whole time, I've been saying the word provider. <laughs> Have you read your Bibles? Yeah. Then you know that he provided a sacrifice for Abraham to spare his son. Right. You know that he provided some money for the disciples to pay their taxes and they found it in the mouth of a fish. And they paid their taxes. He provided some eyeballs for a man who had no vehicle with which to see. He provided some fish and some bread for the hungry, not the starving for the hungry. They weren't starving, they were hungry, and God provided for them. Come on, why? They didn't get stuck because God will provide for you, amen. He provided an income for the widow by providing oil. There's a lady, she had no income, and, and God's like, here, give me some. So, so she gives some, and then God says, your jar will never run out of oil. And then she never runs out of oil. Wouldn't that be nice right now when pipelines are getting hacked? God's like, wait, gas prices? No problem. Here's a jar of oil. Won't run dry. Can't be hacked. Come on. My jar of oil isn't dependent on whether or not we have a Democrat or a Republican in the office. Amen. Come on. Jehovah Jireh. He's not only Jehovah Jireh when there's a Republican in the office. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is provision and God will provide for you hypo today ain't even on prednisone I'm just naturally hypo come on when I first wrote that sentence that God will provide for you you know what I wrote I wrote and God can provide for you too and I'm like no no we, we, we're, we're people of faith and we're people of prayer I ain't saying God can provide for you I'm saying God will provide for you God will provide for you. God will provide for you. Amen. Ladies, God's going to provide. 
gentlemen, God's going to provide. Amen. See, there's a difference. There's a lot of people in this world that can give me a million dollars. But you know who I want to hang out with? The one who will give me a million dollars. God not only can provide for you, but God will provide for you. Amen. Come on, I'm prophesying into somebody's life right now. The word of the Lord to you is that you're going to be all right because God's got a way out and God's going to provide. Amen. That's the word of the Lord for you. Can someone say amen? Because if you feel stuck, I'm telling you, God's going to provide a way out. If your marriage is on the rocks, I'm telling you right now, God will provide a way out for you. Not a way out of your marriage, sorry. God will provide for you. One way or another, God's going to provide for you. Amen. If you're not sure where your next rent check's coming, someone say, hallelujah, it's coming. Amen. If you're afraid, God will provide courage. So it's time to ask him. So it's time to ask him. I'm saying will because I believe you're going to start asking. You have not because you ask not. If you ask for any good thing in my name, I will provide. Amen. I'm saying God will provide for you because I believe that you're a people that hear the word and do the word. Amen. That you're going to hear about God's provision and you're going to ask him for it this week. Amen. See, when I need food, I go to the supermarket because that's where all the food's at. When I need cash, I go to the bank because that's where all the cash is at. When I need therapy, I'm going to go to the therapist because that's where the therapy's at, right? When I need something that the world can't give and the situations of the world say, not going to work, ain't going to work out. Well, when I need something that the world can't give, I'm going to go to Jehovah Jireh because that's where my needs are met. Amen. We got to get back into the habit of asking God for everything that we need. Back in the habit of asking God for everything that we need. Someone say everything. Everything that we need. Not some of the things, not one of the things. Everything, amen. Just like in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And like I've pointed out every single week since I've been saying this, I'm not going to stop right now. I've pointed this out every week and today's where it's going to get as real as it can get about it. Verse 12, forgive us our sins. Verse 11, provide for my needs. Verse 12, forgive us our sins. Verse 11, provide for my needs. Verse 12, forgive me for my sin. Verse 11, help me make my rent. Verse 12, forgive me for my sins. Verse 11, help me in my marriage. Now, for some of y'all that don't know how to do math, 11 comes before 12. And that's how Jesus told us to pray. Oh, we get so caught up on that, don't we? How many of you were taught that you need to ask for forgiveness before you ask for anything else, right? And according to Jesus, it's the other way around. Come on now. God, would you help me with my marriage? God, would you help me pay my rent? God, would you help me pay my mortgage? And after that, God, forgive me for my sins and help me not do that anymore. Why? Why? Why is it that way? See, because... It's who he is. He is a provider. He is the one who provides for us. It's, it's not just what he does. It's who he is. Amen. See, most of us know God as a healer. Most of us, we know God as our savior. Most of us, we know that God is a forgiver and God is a redeemer. But today I want you to know God as your provider and begin to ask him to provide for you too. Amen.
I'm going to read you something. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm... All right. This is what the Lord says. Now, there's two things. That's actually what the scripture just says. But I'm also telling you that this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. Pause. Listen. They're in a wilderness. They're in a desert place. And God says, I know the plans I have for you to bring you back. If you're in a desert place, if you're in a wilderness, listen to me. God has a plan to bring you back. God has a plan to bring you back, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Hello. Not to harm you. That's right. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord God. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where you have been banished, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from the place which I carried you, declares the Lord. If you're in a desert place, God's going to bring you back. If you're in a desert place, God's going to bring you back. Listen to me. I don't know why you're there. I don't know how you got there. Maybe you're not, and you have a testimony of God's goodness, then you need to give him some praise, amen? But, I, but if you are in a desert place, I don't know how you got there. I don't know if God is trying to teach you that you need to rely on him. I don't know if you completely jacked up your life, and that's why you're in a desert place. I don't know if you're so bad with your finances that people are afraid to even touch your cash for fear of catching the disease that your finances carry. I don't even know. I don't know how you got where you got. I don't know if you're in the situation that you find yourself in because you did it yourself. I don't know. But I can tell you this. God is your way out. God is your way out. God is your way out. Whether it's self-inflicted, God's your way out. Come on, God's your way out. Come on, God's your way out, amen. God is your way out. I don't know what's been going on in your life. I don't know how you got there, but I do know who's going to get you back out of it, amen. Maybe you ignored God saying, don't go that way, don't touch that thing, and you're like, I don't know how it all happened. I don't know if God said, don't look at that, it won't stop there. I don't know if God said, don't spend that money, don't go over there. I don't know if God said to you, don't go with him, don't go with her. Perhaps you ignored his warnings and you weren't relying on God. And so you landed in a desert place. Guess what? God is still your way out. God is still your way out. Come on. Provision before sin. Provision before sin. Amen. God is still your way out. Perhaps you ignored his warnings. Perhaps someone did something to you. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong. Maybe someone did something to you. And what they took from you has caused pain and has caused bitterness in your heart. And maybe it begun a cycle in you that causes more pain and then and then and repeat pain and then repeat and repeat. And there's a cycle of pain and bitterness and brokenness in your heart. He's still your provider. He wants to provide a way out. And by the way, he's your healer too. Rewind seven days. He's your healer too. So if you're stuck in a cycle of pain and bitterness, he's your healer too. Can someone say amen? amen? So perhaps your desert place is fully self-created. You just would not stop spending money you don't have to impress people you don't know and don't even like. 
He's still your provider. I'm not even sorry to harp on this over and over and over. If you messed your life up, God is your way out. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. You need to ask God for the provision and for the wisdom to get out. Amen. Yesterday, I made a mistake. Yeah, sometimes you have a sermon and you're like, six months ago, I really messed up. Well, yesterday, I made a mistake. One that could have cost me a lot of time that I did not have. I went to my friend's restaurant downtown to finish my sermon because I had a really, 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 really busy week. I was away for three days and then, I, and then we had prayer meeting and then we had DNA and I had to get a sermon for that and yada, yada. And I was just, you know, there wasn't enough time to write the number of sermons I needed to preach this week, right? And so on Saturday afternoon, and it has been the habit for the last uh, six weeks while we're running DNA, um, I've had to work on my sermon a bit more, just finesse it, make sure it's actually half decent for y'all, you know. And um, so I'm doing that down there, and I'm sitting at this bench at my mate's restaurant, and, and my phone go, starts beeping at me and tells me that my car is being stolen. <laughs> did you know your phone can do that? <laughs> I did not know. I'm just like, wait, What? So I'm like, I'm going to look out the window. And sure enough, my car is being stolen by Croto. <clears throat> my car is being stolen by the tow truck company. Now, pause story. Pause story for a moment. See, when I arrived at the restaurant, the whole front was packed with cars everywhere and there was nowhere for this poor little Aussie to park his car. So I called the owner of the restaurant. I didn't just take advantage of my relationship with the owner and just park in the permit section. I called the owner of the restaurant and I asked him if I could park in the private parking out back, which I guess is taking advantage of the relationship with the owner. <laughs> but I rang up and asked, all right? And he said, of course, mate. And you never, ever need to ask. Just park there. You're my mate. I got you. So I parked my car and I went inside and on my way I was supposed to grab a private parking permit from the gals at the register and stick it in my window. <laughs> That's what I was supposed to do, but I forgot. Unpause the story. So I walk outside and there's a tow truck hooking up my car and it's loud, you know, like, because they got a winch and my car's got the handbrake on because I'm Australian and I know how to drive. So I put a handbrake on when I park my car and it's going and these engines going and my tires going and I'm like, and I'm like, hey, that's my car. And I wasn't yelling to be mean, but there's a lot of noise and that's my car. Now, I don't know about you, but when you walk outside and someone's hooking your car up to a tow truck, a beast awakens inside you. Anybody else? Hands up if you've walked out and seen your car getting towed. Give me a wave, all right? Good. I, I feel a lot better And all these other people. Just so you know, everybody else, they're judging us all. Just so you know, all right? <laughs> so I, I'm like, hey, that's my car. I'm allowed to park there. He's like, I'm towing your car. I'm like, I'm allowed to park there. I called the owner. And he's like, whatever. It doesn't say that. There's no permit. I'm towing your car. I'm like, I can get a permit. I said, wait here. He's like, I'm towing it. He, he was having nothing to do with my car. He was not engaging. He's like, nah, 
I'm not listening to this guy's excuses. I'm towing his car. So I go inside, and I'm like, I'm getting the permit, because that's going to fix everything, right? That's going to prove to him that I am an honorable human being. And so I walk in, and as I'm walking in, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I do not have time to go fetch my vehicle for the next few hours, because I've got a sermon to write, right? And y'all know that if I did get my car taken away, I would preach a very angry sermon, because as I'm typing, out of the abundance of the, of the heart, the fingers type, right? Y'all know that, right? So I'm like, man, I cannot even, I can't even deal with this right now. It's been a busy week. I've been flat out like a lizard drinking in the middle of the Sahara Desert. I need to get this done. And so I'm like, I need to pray. And I did not take my own advice on how to pray. I wasn't like, God, you're mighty. Thank you for all the miracles you've done. I was like, God, I need my car. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm going to need that. <clears throat> To get places. That's why I got that. I need a car. And uh, so I'm like, can you please make it so my car does not disappear? I need my car. And I felt right then, like God was saying to me right there, that um, um, you can change his heart. You can change the guy's heart. And I'm like, yeah, but you can. Because I'm asking you to do it. So why don't you do it? You know, El Shaddai and all. Why don't you take care of all the stuff that I just asked you to, but now you're telling me to, you know? It's like, you can change his heart. Anyone else get that with God? You know, you're like, hey, God, can you fix that? And he's like, you can. And I'm like, <laughs> right? Like, that's me. I'm like, seriously, bro, I'm asking you. He's like, you can change his heart. And at that point, I felt like God telling me that this guy's hot under the collar because he's just doing his job. But every single time, without exception, every time that he has ever done his job, everyone he meets hates his guts. People do the wrong thing and they hate him for it. I was supposed to have a permit and I, well, I wanted to hate him for it. When he's just doing what he's paid to do. Felt like I'd say, maybe if you're nice to the guy, his heart might change. So I go back outside, you know. Eh. And I'm thinking he's waiting for me. Nah, my car is on the truck now and chained down and I'm like hey God you know like what come on we're not even getting progress yet what's happening here so I go out there and I'm like all right all right all right mate hey man look I'm sorry man I'm sorry I, I know I sounded really loud I wasn't yelling at you but you know there was the tires and the chain and the engine and so I was just like trying to get over all that noise and so I know I sound like I was yelling at you but I'm sorry I shouldn't be yelling um, and uh, I know it's for sure my fault. I should have got the permit and put it on the window. The owner told me to get the permit and put it on my window, but I forgot. I'm sorry, ma'am. I know I sound a little hot under the collar. I know you're just doing your job. And he said, yeah, ma'am, all day, every day, everyone hates me. He said, I've even had people pull guns on me. And he said, so I started out a little hot under the collar. We had a good old chat, and I told him, look, even if you take my truck, I'll be nice to you. We had a good chat, and he seemed like a real good dude, just making a living for his family, you know? Anyway, long story short, I got to keep my car. I didn't have to Uber home. I got to finish my sermon. Out of the abundance of my heart, my fingers typed a better sermon. But you know what? When I prayed... I would have much rather looked out the window and the tow truck had vanished and my car was back in a spot with a full tank of gas. <laughs> Just full of trouble, right? That's what I wanted God to do. 
right? Don't we all do that all the time with every prayer that we pray? God, if you could just like, you know, magic beans this for me, that would be fantastic, right? But so often I find God's like, you know what? Um, I could change them, but I think I'm going to change your heart. I think I'm going to do something in you. So instead of just magically changing that, God gives me some advice and gave me a little bit of compassion for my enemy, you know? How often do we screw up and blame other people? This guy's just doing his job. I didn't put the permit up. I knew that was the deal. I needed a way out, and God gave it to me. And if I didn't stop and pray, seriously, if I didn't stop and pray over something as dumb as having your car taken, and I called out Croto, I'm not picking on them. Like, hey, they, um, they're doing their job. I didn't put a permit up. And if you park where you're not supposed to park without a permit, your car's going to get towed too, just FYI. So don't do that. It'd be better for you. But if I didn't stop and pray about something like getting that towed, I would have had a heck of a time finishing my sermon. It would have been angry. I Seriously, I, I, I'm not the guy who can have that happen and then be like, yippee! I'm like, nah, I'm going to stab someone. <laughs> and this sermon would have been like 10 times more opinionated than my Instagram. And it would have been a rough day. My whole day would have gone down the dunny. And I know this, that the days I have on this earth are numbered by the Lord. And I don't know how many I got left and I don't want to waste one because I wouldn't stop for a minute and pray and ask God to help me out of a situation. And can I encourage you to pray about what you need? Because the longer you wait to pray, the worse it's going to get. I talked about Jonah, right? The sooner Jonah said yes, the better it would have been. But instead, he finds himself sitting under a tree going, oh, yeah, I've got one leaf. Oh, there's a worm eating it. You know? That's the story of Jonah. The quicker you say yes to God, the better it's going to go. Can I tell you, the quicker you start and pray, the better it's going to go. The longer you wait to pray, the worse it's going to get. And I know I talk about Pharaoh and the frogs a lot, like 10 times a year. And um, hands up if you've heard me preach about Pharaoh and the frogs. Yeah, lots of people. Now, so I feel better about myself. Hands up if you haven't heard me preach about Pharaoh and the frogs. Yeah, so this is for them, all right? All right? It's not just repeat, all right? But I'm going to lay it on you again. There's frogs everywhere. Pharaoh was being a turd, and he wasn't listening to God. And there's frogs absolutely everywhere, right? There was frogs in their beds. There was frogs in the kitchen. There was frogs in their Honda. And uh, there was a Honda in the Bible. There was only one car in the Bible because Scripture says that they were praising him in one accord. And so, (laughs) just one accord. One car in the Bible. The oldest manufacturer on the planet. There were frogs everywhere. So Moses, the man of God, hears from God and he goes to ask Pharaoh, yo, Pharaoh, when shall we pray that God gets rid of all these frogs? Because I know this is uncomfortable. Ain't nobody like rolling over in bed. There goes a frog, right? No one likes that. Um, We can pray for this. We can fix this. We just have to ask. Now, for me, that's stupid because I'm like, if there's frogs everywhere and you're like, yo, when, when shall we ask God to fix this? By the way, when we ask God, he will fix this. When do you want, when do you want us to do that? I'm not going to say tomorrow. I'm going to be like, now's good. Like now, right? But Pharaoh's like, you know, tomorrow. We'll, we'll pray tomorrow. And for years, I remember when I first saw this years ago, I was like, this is the 
dumbest idiot in the Bible. Like this guy's, this is, this guy's a special kind of stupid, you know? I'm like, you can fix this now, but you're waiting till tomorrow. Until I realized that don't we do the same thing? Like on, a, on, on the reg, right? Like basically every day, right? God's like, when do you want me to fix this? And we're like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like we come to church and they have an altar call and our marriage is falling apart and we're like, I'm going to, uh, you know what? Mm, I'll, I'll go to the altar call next weekend. Right? Don't we do that? See, Pharaoh wanted to fix the problem himself without ever having to humble himself enough to ask God. Because asking God is admitting you need someone else's help to get out of this mess, right? And that's particularly tough for some men to do. And Pharaoh didn't ask for help. He tried to fix it himself. Pharaoh gathers all these people. He's like, yo, look at me. Everybody look at me. Watch this. God can send frogs. I can send frogs. I am as good as God. I don't need him. God can make frogs. I can make frogs. So he gets his magicians and he gets his sorcerers. And he's like, all right, everybody. Abracadabra. They make more frogs. Now they have double the frogs that they had before. Now, I love this because I just picture God in heaven looking down from heaven at Pharaoh. And he's like, bro, I didn't doubt that you could make it worse. I didn't doubt that you could make more frogs. But can you fix it, mate? Can you fix it? See, that's the question. When we wait, we make it worse. But can we fix it? I don't know if you can fix it, but I know that God can. God can. Those two words, God can. Whatever's going on in your life, God can. Whatever's going on in your marriage, God can. Whatever's going on in your finances, God can. Whatever addiction you've got in your life, God can. Whatever business struggles you've got, God can. God can. Some of you need to start asking God to fix things in your life and stop trying to fix it all on your own. For so long, so many of us, we act like Pharaoh and we do that. We make it worse while we wait. We, we say things like, oh, 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 in our hearts, you know, we, we know we need God's help. We, we know we, we need to respond to a prayer time. We need someone to lay hands on us and pray for us. We know our marriage is completely jacked up, but we're like, I'm going to try and fix it first. And then if that doesn't work and she files for divorce next weekend, I'll come and have a conversation with you. Or my finances are so messed up that people are even afraid to touch my cash. But I'm going to, one more week, I'm going to work on this. One more week, I'm going to work on this. And I'm going to try and fix it. And if I don't go bankrupt before next weekend, awesome. We could come and get prayer before we go bankrupt. That would be better. Why do we wait until, it's the, until the problem's been doubled before we go to God? Let's go now. Amen. Let's go now to the Lord. Let me finish back on the Lord's prayer again. The reason Jesus has us asking God to provide for us before we ever even mention our sin is because provider is who God is. Whereas sin is just what we did. And when we sin, what we do doesn't change who God is. Provider is who God is. God is.
You need to ask Him to fill your gaps. Today, some of you are going to need to come to the front and ask God to help you make rent. Some of you are going to need to come to the front and ask God to help you fix your marriage. Some of you are going to need to come to the front and ask God to help you find health again in your life. Some of you are going to need to ask God to illuminate the path out of this mess, to provide you with a north star, so to speak, so that even when it seems dark everywhere else and I can't see what I'm stepping on, but I can keep my eyes on Him and take one step at a time. Some of you need to come to the front and ask God to fix your business. And we're going to open the front for prayer today like we do every single week. But my question is this. Will those of you who need help humble yourselves enough to get out of your seat, come to the altar for prayer today? Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.